to Press Church. I'm John Tucci. We have our e-bulletin available online with links to our Connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you are new with us today, we are so glad you joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or by snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm New link. This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you and thank you for joining us. Last weekend, multiple tornadoes devastated Kentucky and surrounding states. Many people have asked how they can help, and through our ministry partners at Converge, we have a tornado relief fund. If you would like to support, you can visit give.convergemidamerica.org. This Friday, December 24th at 5 p.m. at our PAL campus, we will be having a candlelit Christmas Eve service. This will be an incredible time of song, candlelit scripture, and celebrating the coming. Press Youth will be meeting tonight from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at our PAL campus for a white elephant gift exchange. If you're able, please bring a wrapped gift that costs $10 or less. This will be the last youth group of the year, so you don't want to miss it. If you would like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways you can support us financially. If you prefer to send a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or texting any amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community, both locally and globally. Now let's prepare to engage what God has for us today. Well, good morning again. Welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee. I'm the lead pastor here. And for those of you joining us online, it's so good to have you as well. Uh, I already said it, but it's Christmas week. I can't believe it. Uh, it's kind of crazy. This year has flown by. I feel like I have a theory about, uh, about as you get older, the years get shorter. And it's just because it's all relative, right? You get older. And so as you get older, every year is shorter. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it makes sense in my mind, right? It's like, my goodness, this year flew by. And I was, I was thinking, you know, as I look back over the year, I don't know if you're like this. Do you guys, like, look back over the year and think about everything that happened and what you've seen? Maybe you're not. I'm, I'm very reflective in that way. And it's kind of crazy um, just to see what's happened this year. We had our third child, uh, just to see what's happened with the church, what we've been able to do, uh, seeing, you know, people's lives change, seeing, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible to see. It's very humbling. Uh, to see God working in something. I've, I've joked about Press Church being a, um, what, what have I called it? It's like an experiment in obedience for me. Uh, I never thought I would be here doing this. Like, if you asked me even like four years ago, I would not have said that I'm doing this. And so it's, it's humbling to see how God calls us into spaces and uses us and takes us, you know, even our weaknesses and uses us in spite of that. Um, and so I just want to say thank you for all those people who are involved in press who've been here for those, maybe you guys are new and this is your first time seeing me or even being in the room or watching online, but um, it means a lot to, to be here doing this and to seeing 
to see growth in, in all of you, to see growth in myself, and, and you being uh, gracious with me and, and my silliness sometimes, and uh, me saying sucks on stage and things like that. Some of you guys grew up like pastors don't say that on stage. <clears throat> but uh, we, we, we can be a, a, a weird crew sometimes, so, but we enjoy it. We enjoy being ourselves. We enjoy being with you, and we love God so much, and it's just a, ple a pleasure to be able to do this with you, and I'm excited to see what God does in 2022, even though it's so crazy to say 2022. Man, it's nuts, but here we are. We're, we're, we're closing up the year. Last Misfit Toys sermon today. I'm excited. I've enjoyed this series. Hopefully you guys have as well. Um, but yeah, we're going to close it out today. And so I'm going to shoot it to the video and have you listen to our, our pastors talk in the car. So let's watch the video. I remember a long, long time ago, and I thought like somebody who's been married 18 years, that's like a long <laughs> dang time. <laughs> but now I'm around people who have been married like 20, 25 years, like uh, 28 18. Years. We're like, yeah, every, 28 years? Yeah. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. I have been married for more than half my life now. Wow. And, and look what it's got me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm Grandkids. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm coming up on 12. You're on 18. Yeah. 25. Wow. Here's the question, Jason. Do you, do you still have any hope left? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at what point at what point does the hope start to start to dwindle? Depends on what you're at. What hope hope for what? Right. And isn't that the question really? What what are you what are, where are you placing your hope? Exactly. I, I hope I get some really cool Christmas gifts this year. Yeah, good luck. That's what I hope. Wow. Yeah, I I, I remember a long time ago when that was like the only thing that might have been. A, of course, I was like five. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> his hope, his hope was smashed much earlier. Yeah, in and life. my hopes were crushed pretty early. On. Once I had kids, my hope of good Christmas presents was out the window because my mom oh definitely my loves my kids more than she loves me. <laughs> and now she has great grandkids, so. I don't even know why I show up. <laughs> the gifts have changed drastically. You know, a lot more alcohol and... <laughs> well, yeah, so I just had a birthday, and it's like, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alcohol, you know I'm just going to get bottles. You're going to get like, something. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like as you get to a certain age in life, it's like, well, uh, it's not going to be that great, but here's a bunch of alcohol. My, so. my Christmas list is golf balls and bourbon. <laughs> there you so. go. That's good or bad. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what that says about three pastors in a car talking about the hope getting, of a, getting bourbon for a, of, of a savior, right? <laughs> At least we're honest. That's true. We're being authentic. Authentic. Yes. Can they handle our authenticity? The question isn't how much do you get for Christmas, it's how much do you drink on Christmas. <laughs> right. Uh. It depends on a lot. Yeah. I was going to say who's visiting. Yeah, I, was gonna, I knew where you were going. <laughs> and every, everybody watching this is just like, these guys are terrible. Why am I here? Yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> so this Jesus character. Yeah. Anything anything in excess can be can be bad. Other than Jesus, right? Yeah, I, well, I, I think in terms of, like, misfit toys, right, which is the, yeah. the sermon series, 
and we're talking about hope while being a misfit toy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think right. all the stuff that we've talked about so far right. pretty much yeah. leans into that, right? Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah, what do you... Yeah. It's, if we were just to ask some random person, how do you get hope? Like, I think most of us think it's it's just a... It's like willpower or something. Mm. Yeah, like positive thinking. Yeah, what's right. the difference right. between <laughs> hope and the power of positive thinking? Right, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I go to this idea of cheap hope, right? Mm, yeah. It's like mm. cheap hope is built on nothing, right? Hmm. It, it's almost it's like it's built on cultural expectations mm. and lies yes. and image and all of that kind of stuff. Like, right. what what kind of hope is that? And I think the problem is is in, that's what in, we've been trying to say. <laughs> in the Christian, yeah, you know, like we're kind of. Yeah we're guilty of buying into that with our Christian concept. And it's, mm. that is not what the scriptures are showing yeah. us at all. That's not the hope that it's speaking to. Right. What is the hope yes. of Christmas, right. right? This whole concept of Christmas is it celebrates that we have a savior, mm. right? Our savior came. Well, what is, why is that important? Right. Well, savior implies you need to be saved. Right. You need to be and, rescued. From, yeah. Right. Rescued and and then rescued. Right. right. And right. so, uh, but if you can't understand that you are a misfit toy right. in need of a savior. Yeah. If you don't see a need, you right. It's you like, just have to generate some syrupy, sappy right. hope. Right. Well, it's a, like with gratitude. Why would I be grateful for something that I don't think I need? Mm-hmm. Or that I earned myself. Or I earned myself. Right. Or yeah. can do myself. We right. need something beyond ourselves. And unless we can acknowledge that, right. uh, unless we can acknowledge our brokenness, these, this being a misfit toy, right. then how can we have hope right. in a savior? Yeah. 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 Christmas to me is real hope in Christmas is celebrating the fact that God intervened. He stepped into history once On our behalf. and he yeah. will continue to intervene in my life today. Mm. That's Christmas hope to me. Yeah. That's not the cheap hope, the fake stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So in preparing for today, I, I, this is where my mind went. I was thinking the first thing, I'm, if we're going to talk about hope, I was thinking, what opposition will I get from talking about hope? You're like, why would you get opposition? Uh, and part of the reason is I, I, I get to hear and see and, and well, hear about a lot of the, the really tough stuff in people's lives. I get to hear the messy, the dirty, the things that no one else gets to hear. And I know there's a lot of you struggling with some pretty intense things. And so to talk about hope, while I know there's a lot of people struggling with a lot of things, it can feel very uh, dismissive. I even talked about that last week when we talked about gratitude. Oh, let's be grateful. My life's terrible. You know, it's like this, this tension. And so, you know, in talking about hope, it can feel, I don't know, it's easy to not take seriously. You know, it's, 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 it's easy to be disregarded. Okay, hope, whatever. That's, it's not that big of a thing. I mean, there's potentially a lot of you who, who think, yeah, I used to be hopeful. I had hope once. That, that, that was fine for a time. But, you know, you think that hope is naive. Why be hopeful? But I think before we, we dig into, like, hope, we have to define some terms. We have to think about, all right, what, what is hope? What is it actually? When we say the word hope, what do we mean? I think one of the, one of the more difficult elements of, of reading scripture is, is knowing uh, what was meant by the words that were used in scripture. 
I mean, you think about this. Words, meaning to, the meanings of words change. Words have different you know, meanings as you go through time. Uh, they can have different meanings, different people, and different cultures. Uh, not to mention, you know, we're, we're reading in English the Bible like it wasn't written in English. I don't know if you knew that, but the Bible wasn't written in English. And so we're taking, like, Hebrew and Greek and translating them into, you know, our current word systems. And so you could understand how concepts or words in, in, in the Bible could, could be foreign to us. It, it, could, it could seem to not make sense. We, we even have this in the Eng, English language. I was looking up, uh, like, words that used to mean something else. Did you know that the word nice used to mean foolish or stupid or ignorant? The word nice used to mean foolish and stupid, ignorant. It wasn't until the 1500s that, that we actually use it in a similar way that we do today. Same thing, the word awful used to mean inspiring great awe. It makes sense, right? Awful, oh, inspires awe. Man, the Grand Canyon is just awful. So you'd be like, what? And that's English, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's like our, our language. So, uh, you know, imagine reading a text that's, you know, thousands of years old in a, another culture and another time and we just you know we read it and we don't really understand that okay like this there could be some difficulties in in understanding what this meant to the writer at the time and and how what was what was that person thinking when he was being inspired by the holy spirit to write these words and we just you know we we take it and read it face value and we we think about them writing in our own context and our own time in this culture it, it so it can be it can be hard so when we think about hope, how do, we, how do we use hope? Man, I hope the Browns win today, right? <laughs> oh, ouch. I hope it snows on Christmas. I hope they have toilet paper at the store. This is how we use hope, you know? It's, 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 it's much more, the, the way that we define hope or use the word hope, it's much more rooted in chance. All right? it's, it's much more rooted in there's a possibility it's not going to happen. You know, we hope the Browns win because we know there's a good chance they're not going to win. I mean, they've been a little better this year, but, you know. <laughs> you know that if you go to the store, there's a good chance there's not going to be toilet paper on the shelf. Like, and so we're, 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 we use these words, and the hope that we see in Scripture is rooted completely differently. It's not about, it's not about chance. When you look at it in the Old Testament, it signifies waiting for something with expectation and anticipation of it happening. So when you see hope, you know, translated in the Old Testament, that is the, the connotation that comes with it. An expectation and anticipation of it happening. In the New Testament, it signifies, again, expectation, trust, confidence. A lot of times when we're using the word hope, there's a confidence, but it's kind of like a... We're just trying to be optimistic, right? So, so here's this. My first point is that biblical hope is a, is a confident expectation of something good in the future. A confident expectation of something good in the future. Um, if I, let's see here. Um, half empty or half full? Actually, I probably shouldn't have drank any. Probably is more on that. Any optimists in the room? Who, who's the optimist? Optimist, raise your hand. 
pessimists, right? Yeah, yeah, pessimists. Yeah, oh, it's empty. It's going, it's going away. It's going to be empty soon. Actually, you're all wrong. It's, it's completely full. Because, um, you know, air is, is actually something, you know what I mean? You got like some nitrogen and hydrogen and, you know, oxygen, helium, stuff like that. Um, anyways. When we think about hope, it, it kind of in that like optimist, pessimist sort of thing. The optimists are very hopeful people, right? And the pessimists, oh, there's going to be something bad, and well, I know that's not going to work, and, and, and we go on. So how should it be? Well, here's the problem. If we're honest, optimism is almost a little too optimistic, right? We've talked about it. Life can hit you and hit you hard. And so, you know, if you're just being really optimistic, that is kind of potential for some really crappy stuff to happen. But then, you know, pessimism, it's almost too pessimistic, right? Because not, I mean, it's not all bad. But, but here's the problem with those. The problem with just making it about optimism or pessimism is it's, it's rooted too much in the circumstances of your moment. It's very circumstantial. It's like, you know, well, everything's going bad, so it's just going to continue to go bad. And that's all it's going to be. Or, well, I know it's bad, but it'll get better. And it might not. Right? You might be dealing with that for the rest of your life. You know, like Paul, uh, he wanted that thorn in his flesh to go away. We don't really know what it was. But God's like, no, I'm not going to take that away. You have to deal with that the rest of your life. I mean, you could try to spin that. Oh, well, you know, it's good. It's creating character. and you know. But at the same time, it's... When we think of hope, it's very circumstantial. So here's my second point in this. Hope is not rooted in current circumstances. Good or bad, it's not rooted in current circumstances. Hope's not concerned with potential outcomes. Hope is, is rooted in God and what he is doing. When we look at, uh, in Psalm 39, the writer of Psalm 39.7, it says, But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. In, in that chapter, he's talking about a bunch of stuff that's not going well. It's associated with David writing this, but all this stuff's not going well. So it's, now, what, what do I look for? I can look at my circumstances, whether good or bad, but my hope is in you. It's in, it's in you God. And so I want to I go back to the Old Testament for a little bit. And I'm going to be in Isaiah. If you, if you have your, your Bibles with you, you can go to Isaiah. But I'm going to be reading a scripture you maybe have heard before in this Advent season. Um, but it's from Isaiah. And Isaiah was used um, as, as a prophet to, to leaders of his time. And he, most of it was warning the leaders of Jerusalem and, and Judah. It's like, hey, if you keep doing this, if you keep acting this way, if you keep leading this way, bad stuff's going to happen. Like, this isn't going to work out for you if you keep doing this. So Isaiah was, was used, you know, to a lot of warnings, a lot of warnings. Don't do this. Don't do this. This is going to happen. 
bad's going to happen. But he, he was also used to bring about hope. And, th- and that's what we're going to read here. Verses 6 and 7 is interesting where it's at. Most of the chapters leading up to this is very much about warnings and bad. And, and then all of a sudden you get this, this little bright spot. Verses 6 and 7 says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This sounds great, right? Oh, this is good. If, you, if you're... If you're in Jerusalem, Judah, if you're, if, you're, if you're those people, oh, this is good. We've been, we've been neglected for too long. We've been the little guy for too long. We're, we're going to have, we're going to have power. All will be well. The problem is, that wasn't their current circumstance. The current circumstance is, oh, man, the Assyrians are attacking us. Oh, we're in, we're in exile in Babylon for a long time. They're, they're dealing with, like, really hard stuff. They're, they're in the thick of it. And they have, they have this, you know, this prophetic word, this, this child being born, this powerful Messiah coming. But their circumstance, their circumstance didn't reflect that. Their circumstance was very different. I, imagine being in exile and trying to hold on to a, a scripture of, of hope. This doesn't look good. Our temple's been destroyed. Our, you know, our people are scattered. Uh, it doesn't look good. Even the optimists are like, well, we've been optimists for a couple hundred years now. I don't know how much longer we can be optimistic about this. And the pessimists are like, I told you, you should have just given up a long time ago. <laughs> like, geez. Uh, duh. But th- their circumstances were, were saying one thing. The, the storyline was saying one thing. All right, so you may be, you may be here today, and, and, and you, may, you may not really know what you believe. You, you may come to church and, you know, how does this God thing really play into my life? Why should I have hope? Why do I need hope? Why do I need a savior? I think we've gotten really good at insulating our lives. We've gotten, you know, really good at, at becoming our own gods in a sense. We, we lean on ourselves. We trust in ourselves. Because we know it, right? You, you know your, your limitations somewhat. It's a little more calculable. And so this word hope, we, we talk about it. Okay, sure, yeah, have hope. Yeah, the, we're going to celebrate the birth of baby Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's cool. And then we, we don't really think about the implications of that in our lives and what it means for us. Because for the most part, if we're honest, we, again, we've made ourselves our own little mini-gods. We're in control. We're doing this. I'm going to get through life. Hey, I still have I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got bills. I've got kids. This Jesus thing, it's cool, you know what I mean? It's cool for the weekend, maybe, once a month, twice a month if we're lucky, you know. 
Um, I might tell my kids that, you know, it's good to be a nice person and some of these things that they teach in the Bible. It's good, right? It's, it's, it's good for you. But do you actually have hope in this message? Do you actually think that, that what we're celebrating had any implication in your life? And I think that the sad thing is, and even in myself, I have to reflect on this, is like, how much do I really have hope in Christ? How much do I really have hope in, in the birth of, of Jesus and what that means? I mean, if you think about these verses that I shared, so that verse in Isaiah, how long do you think it was before Jesus was born from when that, when that was written? So you got Isaiah saying, a son, you know, unto us a son is given. There's about 700 years in between that being written and the birth of Christ. 700 years. We're like, man, if I have to wait a year, nope. God, this has been a really hard year. We've been in COVID for what, two years now? We're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm done. Like, be over. 700 years waiting. Think about like by the fourth generation, the kids are like, man, what, why does he keep telling us this story of some Messiah? How long has it been since that old guy wrote that? Why should we believe that? 700 years waiting, hoping. God, where are you? God, why am I still in this mess? Why am I in exile? Where are you? Do you see what I'm going through? Like, I'm kind of struggling here. It'd be really nice to have this, like, powerful Messiah come and, you know, take over Rome now because they're just, like, way too powerful. And 700 years. I want to share a verse in Romans with you. It's Romans 5. You, you may have heard this before. It says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. There's a ton in this verse, and I'm not going to be able to like really, there's a ton in this verse. It's really good. We've been made right through our faith in God. We have peace with God, through Christ. We've gained this faith. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Can we say that today? We boast. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. Character, hope. Are you suffering today? You're on the path to endurance. Are you enduring? You're on the path to build character. You building that character, you're arriving at hope. We don't, we don't think a lot of times that that our trials and our sufferings and these negative things in our life could, could have good. 
talked about a little bit last week with talking about gratitude, being grateful for the good, for the bad in our lives. For the good, yeah. It's easy to be grateful in the good. But we glory in our sufferings. That's, that's next level. But, but why? This is what I think we miss. Because we know. He, he knew something. When, when Paul's writing this, he knew something. We know what? That suffering produces something. It produces perseverance. You know, it's funny. I, I know some people who had really tough lives. And you, you may be in this room. You, you've, you've, had, you've had a hard life. You can look at people who have had as many struggles and you're like, ah, they're weak. Right? Uh, yeah. You haven't, you haven't been through it yet. Just wait. But there's something about that. There's something about going through those experiences. You know, you, you get a little stronger. Now, it can use to go in a really unhealthy direction, too. It can build calluses, and it can build some unhealthy boundaries and, and different things. But it can be used to grow you, to, to strengthen you. And we see that. We see how, how hard times in our lives have, have produced something in us. And when that is produced in us, we can then go on to that next trial knowing, okay, well, <clears throat> I, got, I got through that other storm. Maybe, just maybe God's doing something. Just maybe God's got me. Maybe. And then you go through something else, and it's, it's, it's building something. And it's, it's uncomfortable to, you know, to correlate struggles and hope, right? It's not normal to think of, like, struggles and hope in this correlation. But, but yet we, we see that all, all through Scripture. We see a, a, a thing happening where these people are going through very real and difficult experiences, and yet they still talk about hope. They still talk about what God is doing. They still talk about having, having faith and having peace and having joy, And, and, and why? Because it's, it's greater than the circumstance. It's greater than what's, what they see. When we were talking through this earlier in the week, you know, Jason said, you know, character produces hope. Hope doesn't produce character. A lot of times we, we think about that, oh, well, you know, it's like a, I'm a hopeful person, so, like, my character will follow. It seems to be, be different that that, that that suffering, that, that that tension, it gives you opportunity to grow. And then out of that, you, you develop character. And that, that character, you have a, a more realistic of this hope, an expectant hope, a hope that's not built on those circumstances. And so this is my last point. Biblical hope is rooted in God being faithful to his promises. It's about God being faithful. And, and the tough thing about this is we, we can't always see how he's doing it. And, and we obviously can't know when he's, he's doing certain things either. Again, waiting 700 years for the birth of Christ. But we're, we're very much in, in the same spot. We know he's coming back. We, we see it in scripture. There's, there is a return coming. We have this 
expectant hope of his, his returning, but we're, we're still in it. We're in the now and not yet. We represent his kingdom and his mission, and we're, and we're here, but yet, and we know there's something better coming, but we're still in the tension of this life. We still have to work through struggles and pain and suffering, knowing he's making all things new. And so we rest in his faithfulness. We rest in his promises. And we can look back. This is a great thing. We can look back and see his faithfulness. We can look back and see how he's come through. We can look and see he's done this, he's done this. We see it in scripture. We see it in our own lives. His faithfulness is reinforcing our hope. We are expectant that something good is coming. And that's what this season is. That's why we celebrate this season. Because the birth of Christ is yet another pinpoint that we can look back to and say, this is God being faithful to us. And the hope that we have isn't a blind hope. It isn't an optimistic or pessimistic hope. It is an expectant hope based on who God is. On the character of who God is is. And that's the goodness of this season. That's why we can say God loves us. That's why we can say we have hope, because we've seen him be faithful. Worship team, you guys can start coming up. So when life doesn't look like what I want, when I'm hurting, when I'm angry, when I'm depressed, when I'm anxious, when life seems to be pushing you down, when you feel like a misfit, when you don't have it all together, we can look at the story of a baby in a manger and see the faithfulness of God to his people, to us. And on that faithfulness, I can build my hope. On that faithfulness is where my hope Rests. You can come up, Dylan. And so I don't know where you are today in, in the journey of hope. You may be someone that's very hopeful. And it may be truly centered on who, who God is and on what the birth of Jesus meant. Or you could be in a place where you said, you know what, I, I don't have any hope. I'll be honest, I'm kind of lacking hope right now. I would say, look at what that hope is built on. Is it built on the faithfulness of God? Is it built on the promises of God? Or is it built on your circumstances? Or on the feelings of your current circumstances? I want to read a, a blessing over you as, as I close today. It's in Romans 15, 13. So this is all of us here. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is my prayer for us today and in this season that we would have hope that is in Christ, that is built on him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this this season, 
for what it means to us, God. That it, that it reminds us and directs us, directs our focus to, to, to you. That you loved us so much that you sent your son. That you gave up so much to come and take on human form. And God, I pray that no matter what season we're in, if we're in that 700-year waiting, God, if we're in that, that really dry place, God, I pray that your spirit would just come on all of us and that we would be able to have a true hope that is founded in you and that rests in you and your faithfulness and your promises, God. We praise you, we worship you, we thank you so much for this time. And I pray that in this season, God, we would be able to stop for a minute or two and truly reflect on this season, on what it means. And because of that, we can have hope in you, God. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stand and join us as we...